Friday, August 17th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from the Mile High City. We are located here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense, and we are very happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. We have made it through another work week, and you know, today, August 17th, is actually National Massachusetts Day. Now, I don't have any idea how many listeners we have out there in the Bay State. Based on my views on Tom Brady, that number's probably zero. I don't have any idea. So maybe you aren't from the Baked Bean State. You can still today celebrate Massachusetts Day. I mean, there's a number of ways that you can celebrate. There are a number of things you can do today on this Friday to celebrate our state of Massachusetts. Now, maybe you're not from Massachusetts. Maybe you're not even from the USA. Couple of ways today that you can celebrate this very special day. Few different things you could do. One of the things you could do, you could eat some clam chowder. You know they love their clam chowder back there in that part of the country, so you could always do that. You could ride a horse through your neighborhood, maybe yell the British are coming, like Paul Revere did. I believe he was a Massachusetts kind of guy, so you could always do that. You can give maybe your friends or your family some apples, and then later you can ask them if they like those apples. Just a suggestion that I have for you if you want to try that. You could always set up a video camera. I don't know, maybe spy on your neighbors. <laughs> something that would be pretty popular to do back in Massachusetts. We've heard of that before. Maybe you could deflate some footballs for Massachusetts Day. Seems like that might be something that would be pretty acceptable back in that part of the country. I know there are a number of reporters back there that were very, very supportive of anyone deflating footballs. So I would imagine that would be very acceptable to do today. You could always just, I don't know, pack your car. You can always do that for Massachusetts Day. You can yell out some racial slurs for Massachusetts Day. What I'm saying is do whatever you want for Massachusetts Day. Hey, when in Massachusetts, act like those from Massachusetts would. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, let us know maybe how you will be celebrating the Pilgrim State today. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com. Or feel free to go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. If you've got a question, got a comment, maybe you have a suggestion for us, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to send that over. Today on the show, got a couple things coming out in the world of breaking news that we want to get to. Plus, as we do on most Fridays, we will have our weekend sports preview where we take a look at what might be out there over the next two days for you to tune in for. And... As we do most every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5, a staple of the show. I've told you before, if I get comments, it is usually on the Daily Dose Top 5. Going to want to make sure that you stick around for that today. You know, my hometown Denver Broncos are actually currently looking at some options for what they should do for a backup quarterback. Not sure if you realize this, but as we've seen, Paxton Lynch continues to look like flaming hot garbage. So general manager John Elway, he's not feeling that great about Paxton Lynch. And he's also not feeling spectacular about going into the season with resident knucklehead third string quarterback Chad Kelly, who has now been elevated to second string. Chad Kelly right now looks to me like the only bona fide backup option should starter Case Keenum get hurt. Now, there has been rumors that John Elway is going to go out and he's going to look 
at a veteran quarterback. Maybe bring someone into this roster. Lynch is struggling. Chad Kelly is very young, very inexperienced, never even been through a true NFL season. The Broncos are going to take a look maybe at some veterans out there and see, hey, is there someone that could come in and be a bona fide backup? Now, on Thursday, John Elway was asked if just maybe former San Francisco 49er quarterback Colin Kaepernick was a viable option. Now, I'm going to do something right now that I don't usually do here on the Daily Dose. I am going to defend John Elway when it comes to selecting quarterbacks for his team because we have seen a history. John doesn't always make the best selections. I mean, you look at Brock Osweiler, you look at Paxton Lynch. He's had some struggles at times getting guys to play quarterback here in Denver. But when we look at this situation, we have a number of people wondering why John Elway, if he needs a veteran, wouldn't go sign a guy like Colin Kaepernick. Elway actually has the best out of this situation of anyone in the NFL. Here is what Elway had to say when they asked him if he'd go get Kaepernick. You know what? I said this a while ago. Colin had his chance to be here. We offered him a contract. He didn't take it. As I said in my deposition, he's had his chance to be here. He passed it. Now, I know that we're already starting to hear reporters, people on social media, blasting Elway, saying how, well, Elway actually lowballed him. He didn't give him a good offer. If Kaepernick came here, he would have had to take less money than what he was getting. And you know what? If Elway would go sign him, the Broncos would be winning a Super Bowl. He would prove to everyone that he has totally been mistreated because of his politics. Now, remember, Elway did, in fact, offer Kaepernick a contract here in Denver. He offered him a deal because he was looking at what to do post Peyton Manning. So he offered him a deal. Was it a high dollar deal? No, it wasn't. But he did offer him a contract. So the protest stuff, the politics stuff, that didn't raid into this contract. Elway offered him a deal. But Elway looked at a guy that at the time couldn't beat out Blaine Gabbert in San Francisco and said, here is what you are worth. But remember, for all of the people that are supporting Colin Kaepernick, I remember guys like Richard Sherman saying, well, someone should go out and sign him. It's ridiculous no one has gone out and signed him. But I notice that Richard Sherman didn't go to his owner at the time and demand that the Seattle Seahawks sign Colin Kaepernick. I know he was telling everyone else to do it, but he wasn't telling his owner, you go do it. Bring him here. I don't care what it's going to take. Bring him here. We will put up with this stuff because he is a guy that deserved to be here. I also notice down in Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey acted like, hey, someone should go get Colin Kaepernick. But I notice he's not telling his owner to do that. They're telling everyone else, hey, you guys, you guys should go sign him. I, I don't want him. Good Lord. Got it bad enough down here at Blake Bortles. You think I'm going to bring that guy in? But someone, you should go sign him. Hey, Kaepernick very well may have been the victim of an organized blackball job by the NFL. I don't question that. I don't know that it was anything that everyone talked about, but I think the owners looked around and said, yeah, he's bad for business. We're not signing him. But never forget that John Elway did offer him a deal and he turned it down. And also never forget, we've talked about it here on The Dose before. If he could play, he would be on a team because remember this, no one blackballed Michael Vick. Why? Because he could still play. Didn't matter what he was doing to dogs and all that. 
he could still play. They brought him in. I've already heard John Elway getting bashed for his comments right now. Just don't forget that John Elway is the last to make a true offer before everything hit the fan with Colin Kaepernick. Hey, coming back, we are going to be previewing the weekend in sports. You know, at this time of the year, it's a little bit slow, but it's starting to pick up. It's starting to get better. And you know what? This is actually the last weekend that we are going to be without true, honest-to-goodness competitive football. But we do have a few things for you to tune in this weekend and see. Okay, so let's shift over to our weekend sports preview. You know, we try to do this every week. Take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend just to make sure you know when and where to tune in so that you aren't the person that's being told about it by your friends. Hey, did you catch this game? I don't know, I missed it. Or maybe it's just a game out there that you didn't realize was out there. You're like, oh, I would have watched that if I would have known it was on. I didn't know it was on. You know what used to be? Back in the day, remember when you'd get like the TV guide? You'd open the TV guide, or at least I did as a kid. I never looked at the TV guide really, but the only thing I would do is I would flip to the weekend section and say, okay, what sports are going to be on? What games are going to be on? Oh, that's going to be on? Okay, I've got to make sure that I watch that. We basically are your TV guide right now, except for I don't tell you the channel because I don't know where you're at. Who knows where you can watch it? But I know with cable packages today, you can pretty much find anything you want to find. Now, we are also not just giving you the sports to tune in for. We usually do pick the games because sports gambling is coming. We want to be ready. And usually at this time of the show on Fridays, I let you know how I did on my picks last week. This week, I am not going to be doing that because to quote nearly every politician that gets caught up in a scandal, let's just say mistakes were made last week. (laughs) It's not my fault. I was trying to pick some NFL preseason games. You know how difficult that is? That's like trying to pick the winner of, I don't know, like the bachelor or the bachelorette. None of it makes any sense. It's all just sort of contrived and stupid. And at the end of the day, we don't really care that much about the final score, do we? Like, we really don't care about these things. Just trying to survive for a little while. But here are a few things that you might want to tune in for and you might want to watch. So here we go again. Remember, all times given our mountain time zone adjust accordingly. Now, first and foremost, starting off tonight, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we have a couple of NFL preseason games. And yes, I'm probably going to struggle picking these because like I said, they're stupid. No one's really truly competing and coming up with an outcome to them is absolutely impossible. But we do have two games you might want to watch tonight. Starting at 5 p.m., you know, the Kansas City Chiefs have a number of questions that they're going to need to answer this season. And at the very top of that list is their new starting quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't know if you saw them play last week, but he actually struggled to find any rhythm in that Chiefs opener. He's going to be trying to get it going a little bit this week against the Atlanta Falcons tonight at five. Now on the other side, the Falcons, they might've been even worse. And you know, they probably didn't care about that opener. And I totally understand that. But the Atlanta Falcons got shut out last week in their first preseason game by the New York Jets. They actually allowed Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold to make them look bad even on the defensive side of the ball. So I would think tonight at five, you're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs and you're going to see the Atlanta Falcons trying to get things going. I'm not saying they're going to go out and compete full on, but I think they're going to try to get a little rhythm. We're going to see them compete just a little bit tonight. I'll take the Chiefs tonight, but I mean, honestly, who cares? 
Also at five, we've got another NFL game. The New York Giants will be going to Detroit to face the Lions. Now, the Giants have to like what they saw from their rookie number two overall pick, Saquon Barkley. Because last week against the Cleveland Browns, running back Saquon Barkley on his very first carry of his NFL career, he breaks off a 39-yard run. Which, of course, means that from now on, eh, pretty much everything is going to suck in comparison. Because (laughs) if he goes and he gets like eight yards, you're going to be like, eh, it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't 39 yards. But hey, good try, rookie. Now, Barkley tweaked a hamstring this week. So I'm not sure if we're going to see him tonight. But they are saying we could see the return of wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. for this game against the Lions. Now, meanwhile, the Lions lost to the Oakland Raiders last week, but they have to feel a little bit good about how they did against the Raiders because there was just a faint glimmer of hope for that running game up in Detroit that has been missing since probably Barry Sanders. Rookie on Johnson, he averaged almost five yards a carry. So Giants versus Lions tonight, again, might not be bad. I will take the Giants. At 5.30 tonight, we actually have an interesting National League Major League Baseball series. It started last night in Atlanta as the Colorado Rockies are facing the Braves in a four-game series. Now, the Braves have actually surged forward. They have taken sole possession of the National League East. They seem to be heating up at the right time. The Atlanta Braves have won eight of their last 10 games. Now, of course, their biggest concern at this moment is keeping left fielder Ronald Acuna from getting plunked because he is so good. We saw in that series against the Marlins, pitchers just say, forget it. Just go ahead and hit him with the ball. Meanwhile, the Colorado Rockies are trying desperately to keep pace in the National League West, and they are actually just a game and a half behind Arizona. Somehow, Colorado is finding ways to win, and they have a difficult stretch of the schedule. They've got to win against pretty good teams right now. Not going to be easy. I don't know if Colorado can keep up this pace. Their run differential is so tight, it just makes me think the further down the stretch we're going to get, we're going to start see them dropping some games. But hey, right now, Colorado is right in the hunt. Like I said, I don't think it'll last. But then again, I'm completely jaded by years of dysfunction from the Rockies. I will take Atlanta to win this series, but that's a pretty good series to watch this weekend. And it will be going also on Saturday and Sunday. Also tonight, starting at 8 p.m., we've got another series that might be worth watching. You know the Oakland A's are continuing their hot streak in the second half of the season? Do you realize the Oakland A's have won 38 of their past 52 games? Now, similar to the Colorado Rockies, their margin for error is not great. But tell me this, who saw this coming? Did anyone have down, hey, Oakland's going to be the team that really takes over in the second half of the season. I don't think so. But starting tonight, they will be hosting the defending champion Houston Astros, who are in a bit of an August swoon. They've actually lost six of their last 10. No, I don't think it's anything to get concerned about. But this three-game series would be huge for Oakland. If they could somehow find a way to win these three games, they could actually catch Houston in the AL West. We'll see who's going to come out on top. I'm going to take Houston to win this series. I think they'll get things together, and I think they'll hold on. I expect them to survive and win this division. Finally, at 8.10 p.m. tonight, we have another interesting series that I do think is going to be worth watching all weekend. What 
in the world is going on right now with Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, I thought their biggest worry would be that maybe they would peak too soon prior to playoff time. Well, I'll give them credit. They're not doing that. They're playing horrible right now. The Los Angeles Dodgers have now not one, but two players on their roster with heart issues. Closer Kenley Jansen and second baseman Brian Dozier have been diagnosed with irregular heartbeats. How bizarre is that? For professional athletes at this level, you just don't see that that often. They've got two. And now we know Yasiel Puig has been suspended for his actions in that altercation with Giants catcher Nick Hunley. Now, why the Dodgers are getting into things with the Giants, I don't know. Shouldn't they have their eyes on a much, much bigger prize? It's going to be very, very interesting to see if they can get back on track this weekend. And it might not be that easy because they're going to be facing the Seattle Mariners in Seattle in a three-game series. And honestly, the Dodgers can't afford to keep losing these series. They have to start figuring some things out. The Dodgers are right now in third place in the National League West. That's not good, especially with Arizona and Colorado. I don't know if they can keep it up, but they're winning games right now. Meanwhile, Seattle now has Robbie Cano back. They have won seven of their past 11. This Dodgers-Mariners series could be very, very interesting, and it could end up proving to be very, very pivotal as we get closer to the postseason. I am actually going to take Seattle to win the series. I think the Dodgers will get it back eventually, but I think it's going to be a few more weeks before they do. Moving on to Saturday, not a whole lot going, but we do have a few NFL games. You know, the Oakland Raiders did open up the preseason last week with a win with their new, well, whatever you want to call them, used, slightly pre-owned, whatever, their new head coach, John Gruden, who is back in Oakland. Now, the Raiders are still hoping that holdout linebacker Khalil Mack is going to be joining them prior to the season because as bad as their defense was last year, and it was not great, can you imagine what that Raiders defense would look like without Khalil Mack? The Raiders tomorrow night will be facing the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles. Here is the question that I have for you. Is there any way we can just have a camera on the parking lot for the fights in the parking lot rather than having to watch the game? Because I don't know if the game is going to be great, But I would much rather watch the parking lot. That could be very, very entertaining. I guess I'll take the Rams. I don't know. At 6 p.m. tomorrow night, if you want to see two of the NFL's young, promising quarterbacks for, I don't know, like five minutes, you might want to watch the San Francisco 49ers playing the Houston Texans, where you can see Jimmy Garoppolo versus Deshaun Watson. You know, both of these quarterbacks did play in their opening preseason games. And the best news for both of them Hey, they escaped without injuries. And in preseason games, we know that above all else, that is honestly the most important things. These games don't really matter. They're totally meaningless. Get these guys in, get them a few snaps, get them out. I guess I'll take Houston tomorrow night. Finally, at 8 p.m. tomorrow night, we have the Seattle Seahawks who are going into the season depending on wide receiver Brandon Marshall to be a go-to guy for quarterback Russell Wilson because you know Doug Baldwin is already banged up Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson are gone and this is what it has come to for Seattle oh how the mighty have fallen you're depending on Brandon Marshall now you're leaning on a 34 year old wide receiver who I don't know I thought he had retired Seattle will be facing 36 year old Philip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers on Saturday night also in Los Angeles we have here folks an old school AFC West lineup. 
I mean, it makes you think back to the days of like Fouts versus Zorn or Humphreys versus Craig or Leaf versus McGregor. A lot of history is what I'm saying. I didn't say it was good history. I'm just saying Seattle versus the Chargers. There's some history there. I guess I'll take the Chargers. Moving on to Sunday, we do have those baseball series that will be continuing all weekend. But, you know, we also have something else continuing all weekend. We have the Little League World Series going all weekend. Of course, the Little League World Series is an annual baseball tournament in the eastern United States for kids aged 10 to 12 years old. You know, if you want to see some kids just playing for the love of the game, the Little League World Series is going to be going all weekend, and it's actually pretty fun to watch. You know, the best part about the Little League World Series for me, the part that I really like, the player introductions. When you see the kid come out, his voice is cracking, and he's talking about how, I, I feel like I could really bring the lumber, and I love watching Rick and Morty, and I really like macaroni and cheese. Like, that's the best part of the Little League World Series, at least for me. Again, like I said, not a ton of things to watch, but there are a few things out there that should keep you entertained. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, we've been discussing all week how the football season is coming quickly. And it seems like every single season, we see teams that are underrated going into the year. We see teams that are overrated going into the year. So can we learn from this history? Can we figure out maybe who some of these teams might be this year? Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate theme is out. and It's not going to be out for very much longer, but it features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, and DC Comics. Of course, the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose. Now, as we do every single Friday, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, with football season coming, and it's coming quickly. In fact, do you realize that we will actually have some real live college football games next weekend? No, I mean, it's not the full slate of like major marquee matchups, but there are some real teams whose seasons are going to start next week. And of course, as the college football season begins, we start thinking about which teams are ranked who's going to be good, who might choke the season. We start thinking about the players and the matchups. And I personally, I'm of the belief that none of the polls, the preseason polls, they shouldn't carry any weight. They shouldn't have any weight on them whatsoever until like October. Because otherwise, they carry too much weight. And it screws things up later down the stretch. I mean, think about this. We see the polls not ranking a team like Central Florida last year until the very, very end because they just don't know anything about that team. And it turns out Central Florida is pretty good, but then they end up getting penalized for that early ranking. They can never climb as high as you would think. And I know with the new committee rankings, we're trying to figure out a way to alleviate some of that, but it's impossible to alleviate it completely. There should not be a true poll until probably October 1st, where we look and we say, okay, forget the preseason rankings. We don't care where you used to be ranked. We just want to see where you're at now. We see this all the time. Teams are loved by the media just because they have a big name. Or teams get no recognition whatsoever 
because maybe they don't have a big name. Maybe we weren't expecting anything from them. And their ranking, whichever way, might not be fully deserved. And that is actually what we're going to look at today in our Daily Dose Top 5. Which college football teams have been the most overrated? We actually have five teams that had no business getting the preseason ranking that they received, but they got it. And then they proceeded to show everyone how completely wrong sometimes these preseason polls get it. Now, I'm not looking at teams that maybe started ranked number one, lost a few games, and then they still ended up in maybe the top 25. No, 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 no. We want teams that started maybe in the top 10 and then ended up having a horrible season and went completely unranked by the end of the year because they are technically the most overrated college football teams ever. Now, to be fair, they didn't ask to be ranked. And then you have injuries, you have coaching changes, you have just sports media bias. But right now, we are going to count down the Daily Dose top five most overrated preseason college football teams of all time. Starting off with number five. Five. You know, in 1980, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish had done some big things. They had gone nine, two, and one, and had finished in the AP top 10 beyond the passing and the running of a quarterback by the name of Blair Keel. And they also had a running back by the name of Jim Stone, who was pretty good too. So who could blame anyone for ranking Notre Dame third in 1981 when they returned almost their entire team? But then in week two, the Irish got beat by Steve Smith, Butch Woolfolk, and the Michigan Wolverines. And all of a sudden, the season started to go sideways. Notre Dame lost to Purdue the next week. They lost to Florida State. They lost to USC. Then they lost to Penn State and Miami. Yes, they lost to good teams, but Notre Dame went just five and six in a season. They were actually being considered a title contender. They ended up the season completely unranked. You know, sometimes a close loss early. It ends up costing you the next week too. I mean, the same opponent basically beats you two weeks in a row because you had like hangover from that loss. We saw that happen in 1981 to Notre Dame. Moving on to our number four entry, you know, it seems like quite a while since the Tennessee Volunteers have been ranked in the top five, doesn't it? I mean, the last time it happened was prior to the 2005 season because in 2004, Tennessee had Eric Ainge and Rick Clausen splitting quarterback duties. Gerald Riggs Jr. was a 1,000-yard rusher. They went 10-3 and in 2004. They blew out Texas A&M in the Cotton Bowl, 38-7. to And again, they were going to be returning most of that team. Plus, they had a new stud running back named Arian Foster that was going to be joining them. So in 2005, the AP voters made Tennessee the number three team in the country. But then they lost to Florida in a heavy rainstorm in week two, and their season started to go south. Tennessee would lose four more games, and then they would do the unthinkable they would lose to in-state perennial loser Vanderbilt, and they lost at home, no less. The Volunteers went 5-6, and six, and the grumbling in Knoxville about head coach Philip Fulmer started to grow. He would be gone by 2009, and hey, Tennessee hasn't been the same since Fulmer left. They come in at number four. Moving on to number three, you know, Arizona State hasn't had a whole lot in the way of glory years, but when head coach Frank Cush was down there, Things were actually pretty good in Tempe. In 1975, Frank Cush led the Sun Devils to a perfect 12-0 season 
which actually ended up with Arizona beating Nebraska in the Fiesta Bowl. Now, the Oklahoma Sooners would win the national championship. Arizona State would finish number two in 75. That's not too bad. So the next season in 76, the Sun Devils were ranked just behind Nebraska and just behind Michigan. And from the start, 1976 went bad for Arizona State. They lost their first four games. UCLA beat them. Cal beat them. Wyoming beat them. And they lost to Cincinnati. Now they rallied to beat the two juggernauts on the schedule, Texas, El Paso, and New Mexico. But then they lost three more games to Air Force, Utah, and Colorado State. The Arizona State Sun Devils went 4-7 and seven in 1976. And Frank Cush would only last two more years down at Arizona State. They come in at number three. Moving on to number two. You know, it's always tough to be the guy after the guy. And while Gene Stallings wasn't exactly Bear Bryant, he did win a college football national championship back in 1992. So Mike DuBose came in Alabama to follow Gene Stallings. And it was pretty tough in his first two seasons. But by year three, Mike DuBose had a breakthrough. The Crimson Tide went 10-3 and in 1999, mostly on the legs of running back Sean Alexander. And while Alexander would be gone in 2000, the Crimson Tide still had quarterback Andrew Zhao. They had running back Ahmad Galloway coming back. The Tide were going to be pretty good. They were ranked number three going into the 2000 season, and DuBose was going to keep the Crimson Tide rolling. Yeah, and then it didn't really go like that. First, they lost to UCLA in the opener, and then they got shut out at home 21-0 by Southern Mississippi. Mike DuBose would go from number three in the country to finishing three and eight with Alabama, and he got himself fired the second that final gun of the season went off. Now, I know Nick Saban only wins because he's at Alabama, right? Didn't work out so well for Mike DuBose, though, did it? They come in at number two, moving on to number one. Now, why the 1984 Pittsburgh Panthers were the third ranked team in the country to start the season? I honestly, I have no idea. They had no business being ranked that high. I think the media thought that Pittsburgh was more than just Dan Marino because he had left after 1982. And after he had left, there was no collapse from Pittsburgh. They actually went 8-3-1, and one, but it was mostly on their tough defense. So in 1984, the media just assumed, hey, Pitt is a pretty good program. They're going to keep this thing rolling. But the Panthers didn't have much on their roster. How bad were they in 1984? The Pittsburgh Panthers didn't win a single game until October when they finally beat the mighty East Carolina Pirates. And then they didn't win again until November Pittsburgh finished 3-7-1, and one, and they have to be the most overrated preseason college football team of all time. You know, football's a funny sport because emotion and passion can actually carry you. And if you don't have those things, you can fail. So we will see a team lose an early season game, and sometimes they just collapse. Or maybe the media just completely overrates a team based on their name, but we have seen some highly ranked teams fall way short of expectations. Now, what did all five of these teams have in common? Did you notice? They were usually a big name. There was that. And they were all ranked number three in the country. Hey, I didn't write it that way. I've told you before. The Daily Dose Top 5 has a mind of its own. I just hold on for dear life. 
they were all ranked number three to start the season. One thing to keep in mind as we start this college football season, who is ranked number three right now? Yeah, it looks like Urban Meyer and Ohio State. Hmm, that's going to be interesting to watch, isn't it? Hey, it is Friday and we have made it through another week. I hope that you enjoyed this week as we looked at some of the top coaches, some of the top defenses, and some of the top offenses for the upcoming football season. Hey, on Monday, we will be back to discuss all the latest happenings over the weekend and keep you up on the world of sports. Hey, I want to thank all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. I hope you are enjoying the show. Thank you for listening and for reaching out. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show wherever it is that you listen. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.